everybody. So we are so excited. We are here to talk a lot of Jurassic Park. And we're talking uh, the, all, we're going to talk about all the sequels today. And uh, it's, I'm really excited. And I have my friend Oscar is here to talk about it with me. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. Yeah. So this time I finally brought the right t-shirts. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I know I have a t-shirt for just about everything, but randomly I don't have one for Jurassic Park, even though it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> but uh, we already talked about Jurassic Park last week. So if you, uh, or I guess two weeks ago, if you haven't, if you want to know our thoughts on that, on that film, then listen to that podcast. Uh, and I'll put a link in the description section. You can check that out if you uh if you're so inclined uh so yeah jurassic park is a masterpiece really i mean that word is used overused uh but i really do think it's it's certainly in the argument of one of the greatest blockbusters ever made would you agree i would certainly agree and not just and not just within the blockbuster genre but the medium of film itself i think yeah yeah agreed yeah it's really 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 great and would you i would you agree that none of these sequels have reached to that potential i would agree despite liking most of them to varying degrees and the only one that i think comes closest would be the second one which we'll dig into a little bit yeah yeah talk about lost world jurassic park 2 uh so this movie came out in 1997 a seminal movie for me it was it really inspired me it was one of the first movies i really like had sort of a sense of awe and wonder about and i was so excited in the, to hear that they were coming out with a sequel and i went to see it and i it was really the first movie that truly disappointed me and uh, i was very very disappointed in 1997 and then i would prove to be even more disappointed in 1999 when the phantom menace came out (laughs) and i'm not saying that the last world is on the level of phantom menace i was just saying that i was so excited for it and it really let me down I, i i think at the time i felt like it was boring i felt like it was uh cluttered and just I just didn't like it, you know, back in 1997. Uh, and um, so I was really hoping that when I went to rewatch it uh, this week, that I would like be like, oh, it's, it was actually good. And I was just 16 and dumb. Um, but I didn't really like it. Uh, it has some good things. It's, it's not as bad as I remember it, but I don't know. I didn't have some great experience where it was like, oh, this is so great. Maybe my, the, the way I approached it was different for you because I was mm-hmm. very little at the time mm-hmm. and I didn't see it in, cin- in the cinema. So there wasn't any real hype meter for me. And seeing it on VHS over and over again was, I well, to get straight to the chase, I enjoyed it mm-hmm. a lot as a kid. But at the same time, I knew subconsciously it wasn't as good as Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for me, I think there was something, some, something very incredible to, to think, incredible about there being more, more of this world, more of these dinosaurs on these islands, and more of the potential for hu- human and dinosaur interactions to, fo- to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it has some good ideas in there, but I think is the strongest part about this movie. Weirdly enough, I think that the, that it's the, that the style is one of the more distinguished parts of the film. Mm-hmm. In that, even though Jurassic Park has a very bright and colourful visual palette to it, uh, for some reason I find myself enjoying the the colour palette of the Lost World some more because it's it's more atmospheric, it's more primal, it's more mysterious. It get it gives you the real sense of an actual prehistoric lost world hidden somewhere in on this world while jurassic park i always felt was more like more like the theme park version of that you had these very beautiful uh, mountains and jungle vistas but there wasn't 
as much atmosphere, not as much reliance on rain or fog or darkness to really bring out that sense of atmosphere. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. It is, it is more sort of natural feeling because this is a whole different island, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a very good point. I think my favorite part about this movie is that is the action set pieces I think are really solid. Uh, the, uh, like you said, the trailer scene uh, is very effective. I think that's very tense. It's very exciting. It works. Um, and uh, a lot of the scene doesn't even have the dinosaurs. It's just, it's, well, it's just them trying to get off of this. They're hanging by this cl- on this cliff and it's them trying to get out for a lot of it. Yeah, and it continues the theme of man-made vehicles being a danger to people, like in the first film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, and I also think that Ian Malcolm, Jeff, played by Jeff Goldblum, is great. He's a great character. He's still a great character. He's the moral compass of the whole, of the whole franchise. And I think that he's great in this. You know, and uh, he... Uh, he has good chemistry, I think, with everybody that he interacts with. He's funny and yet also uh, sincere. And you get to see a different side of him in this with his relations. Because he doesn't have any relationship with anybody in the first Jurassic Park. So I do appreciate that in this one, you get to see uh, a side of him with people that he actually loves, cares about, things like that. So I think that's good. That's true. And... I always thought it made sense for him to be more jaded and cynical after his experience in Jurassic Park and how the after effects of that basically almost destroys his career and he's tr- trying desperately to rebuild that and rebuild his credibility. Mm-hmm. Why, does, why does it destroy his career in, at the end of Jurassic Park? I mean, it, do people not believe him? Because when he, it's mentioned in the, it, briefly in, the op- in one of the first scenes, but he went to the press with it and broke the non-disclosure agreement with InGen, which caused him to become regarded as a laughingstock and a lunatic. Because people didn't believe that there were dinosaurs? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, So I I did find that this movie was, and we're getting into some of the negatives now, but I did find that this movie was incredibly forgettable. I, I watched it on Monday and I was, I was thinking about watching it again yesterday because I'm like, forgotten a lot of what happened whereas like i don't know some of the other ones even that are more that are not as good still kind of stick in my head better i don't know if that makes sense (laughs) i kind of get what you mean i mean some sometimes you have a memorably bad movie like batman and robin for example right right yeah 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 but honestly i it's i can only speak for myself and because Mm -hmm. i've watched this probably hundreds of times, but I don't have any trouble not remembering things in it. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, let's talk about some of the, the, the other things that didn't work for, at least for me, and, and if there's things that don't work for you. Uh, so I do think that, uh, that there are too many characters in this movie. I think that you, like, there are a lot of characters in the first Jurassic Park movie, but I think that we get enough little moments with each of them that I really cared about all the characters. Whereas this one, uh, you don't, and you have like the hunter guy and you have all the military guys and you have all of the, uh, I mean, the only people I really cared about was Jeff Loboom and his daughter and, uh, and I guess Julianne Moore. But I think that it, it ends up feeling a little bit to me like carnage for carnage sake, uh, as opposed to, people that I've really gotten to know and care about. And uh, so I think that's, that's a problem. I do think that, that all the actors are good. And, um, but I think because I don't care as much about the characters, uh, that's why it's, it, it feels a little bit boring for me. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you feel like it, can you see what I'm saying about it? Maybe feeling a little cluttered? Yeah, I kind of do. It is obviously a much bigger cast than the first film and there are obviously a lot more people on the island mm-hmm. and in that sense I used to have difficulty keep keeping track with everybody and mm-hmm. because you have less you have a bit more of a cynical feeling film and a bit more 
uh, where with a lot of sort of moral greatness there's no there aren't really any straight straight good or straight bad people either mm-hmm. so, so it gets so on that level it gets a little difficult to find people to, to root for apart from like you said uh ian malcolm yeah yeah what would you say is something that you think could be better about this movie i have a very specific uh critique reg- reg- regarding the film and it's and it's to do with the third act sequence mm-hmm. the transition from the island to san diego happens yeah. so quickly and with very little build-up yeah and not a very strong explanation for what actually happened on the boat before the t-rex broke out that it really needed something to shore it up i agree with you i think that it really kind of loses me in that last section i i feel like particularly the attempts at being funny don't fit at all uh like i don't know the little kid telling his parents that the t-rex is outside and stuff like that that's like supposed to be funny it just is like I don't know it just doesn't work like it's supposed to be like you can't decide whether it's trying to be a b movie like a b godzilla movie or if it's trying to be a tense uh, thriller or like what's happening here um and the whole rest of the movie hasn't been silly and so then all of a sudden it gets silly and you have a girl doing gymnastics against a raptor mm. like that's ridiculous that I, can see. I can see eye to eye with that criticism <laughs> yeah. but it's only it's only it only lasts a few seconds and you forget about it just as quickly at least i do <laughs> yeah i'm just saying that the that whole sort of last part i think just gets a little too silly i don't think the humor the attempts at humor in that last sequence to me don't work i, I kind of take the hum the, the subtle humor w- with with regards to p postlethwaite and the rest of the ingen mercenaries and peter ludlow mm-hmm. in which you have a character who's just so He's an, he is an honorable, tough, but very dependable individual and in a situation that he's in almost way over his head, but not quite. And, and he is not taking any crap at all from Ludlow's incompetence or, mm-hmm. or bureaucratic mindset. Shutting, up, shutting him up with such things and says, I've been on too many safaris with rich dentists to listen to any more suicidal ideas. Okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you think that the visual effects compare, the dinosaur sequences compare with the sequences in Jurassic Park? You may or may not agree, but I actually think they're just as polished as the first film, if not in some ways, a little better. Okay. I I always I saw the film in thirty-five millimeter, just just like the first, just like the first movie, uh-huh. and I saw the CGI on say the herbivores and the game trail sequence and thought that looks really really good that looks much better than on the dvd or the blu-ray oh interesting yeah but more so than that the animatronic work on the t-rex the baby the baby stegosaurus and the 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 compies and the velociraptors all really amazing stuff Mm -hmm. like that's the kind of intimacy you can intimacy between an actor and a special effect that is almost impossible to replicate with cgi yeah. Just a mere image of the two T-Rexes peering at Malcolm's team through, through the windows of the trailer and nudging it. Mm-hmm. Or the sight of the, t- of the male T-Rex sniffing about inside the tent or peering inside the little boy's bedroom. That's still really strong stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and it's tense, especially when, he, when the male Rex is that close to taking a bite out of uh, J- Julianne Moore. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It, it, there are definitely, there were definitely moments where I thought it didn't look as good as the original film. I can't remember what those moments are off the top of my head. I threw it down, but but yeah, there's definitely strong, very strong moments uh, where it felt very real. And I and I, I think the action sequences, like particularly with that trailer scene when she's like on the glass, like. It looks really cool. Every we, the characters are literally getting right up close to dinosaurs. You can't beat that an actual real thing that these characters are holding or or leaning up against, like in the first movie. That to me is way more interesting than just some CGI creature. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And 
even to this day, when every time I pipe dream about future dinosaur movies, I always a prerequisite would always be um, must have animatronics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame that that's not always the case. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's a really good point. A uh, very good point. So yeah, uh, the Lost World is a bit of a mixed bag for me. Uh, it's um, uh, it's just a little boring for me. It's the problem. I, I don't know. I'm just not. I don't know. Well, honestly, I'm not. I I think you're not the only one. I think other people found it boring as well, or not very interesting to to watch or to or, mm-hmm. or to listen to. So. <sighs> <laughs> yeah talk about jurassic park 3 this is an interesting movie for me because so jurassic park 3 it came out in 2001 so it was a pretty little a little gap there this is directed by joe johnston who had done the rocketeer some other fun films he's a very nostalgic director and i i feel like i, I know that this got extremely messy this production but I feel like I kind of get where he was going for and what makes this Joe Johnston movie. Uh, I think he was going for an old fashioned monster movie in the spirit of uh, the old uh, movies like the old Lost World, not the new Lost World uh, and King Kong. And, And, uh, and I, I, I think that, it's this is going to sound shocking to a lot of people, but this might actually be my favorite of the sequels. And I know that that's a very unpopular opinion, but I think that this, if, if you're just looking at Jurassic Park move sequels, I don't think that any of these sequels are particularly good. But if I had to pick one that I think is just a monster movie, that clips along and has fun sequences. It's only 90 minutes. And to me, I think that it doesn't try to sort of sell us on some insane premise that I can't buy. I don't get, I don't really get bored. And uh, so I, I feel like this one honestly kind of makes the most sense for me that these people, the story is basically that uh, the, that, the William H. Macy and Taylor Leone are a, uh, a couple that son has been lost on this island with, uh, with this other person and they're desperate to try to find him. So they, they kind of trick Sam Neill as character, Dr. Grant to going to the island and trying to find their son. So it's basically the, at the heart, it's this movie about people on an island trying to find their son, which motivation makes sense to me, and dealing with dinosaurs. It's a simple, tight monster movie. And it's got problems. I don't, I don't like it, but I think that, I don't know, I just appreciate that about it, that this is a monster movie. It's just about people on an island getting chased by monsters. It doesn't get convoluted, uh, and it's only 90 minutes. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you don't know. It's interesting that you say that this one feels more like a, like a throwback to the likes of the original 1920s, The Lost World, and King Kong. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, that's what The Lost World already was. And I felt that hit, hit those marks to, to a very pleasing degree. Mm-hmm. Now, with regards to Jurassic Park 3, it certainly has shades of that. Don't get me wrong, but there, there is... I still have something... There's still something about it that makes me always refrain from enjoying it as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. I saw this, this was the first Jurassic movie I saw in cinemas, and I remember being very excited to see it with my dad. Mm-hmm. I even brought my uh, own little Lego dinosaur toys to play with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there were a number of things that were sort of striking me as wrong. Like when, mm-hmm. when S- Sam, Neil and Laura Dern are reintroduced in, in the film, it, mm-hmm. at first it looks like they, they've had a little child, They're, they've started a family. It's all everything that you would have liked, loved to have seen them do after the first film. Uh-huh. Only for it to be revealed that Laura actually married another man mm-hmm. with seemingly no, with no explanation given. There's, right. even, though even though Ellie and Grant are still friends, it's still jarring to think you went from being a great c- 
couple with the strong implication that they were going to start a family to being mm -hmm. separated. And it feels like they, it, and it feels like a deliberate undermining of that first movie's arc. But I don't think this is a good movie, but I think that if you're looking at it, I, there's an article on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes that they just had this week where I think it I says one. Jurassic Park three is the series standout. Uh, because it's a full-on horror movie. This it is, is not a horror movie. What's that? <laughs> but let movie. me just read a little bit and uh, just to kind of prove to see kind of what I'm going for. So, uh, so basically, the uh, the <laughs> uh, this is hear us out. There are so many classic horror tropes used in Jurassic Park three that when viewed through a certain lens, you can see the time has been kind to the film as has the internet spilling over as it was with Jurassic Park 3 defenses. Who knew? I'm not alone. Uh, and so she says basically that it has these horror tropes of her she'll, first one she lists is characters who are enticed to a location by what turn out to be lies. So that's a horror trope that's in this. And, and tropes, people use the word trope as if that's an insult, but trope isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's a technical term. Yeah, exactly. So two, the next one she says is the trouble the troubled couple brought back together by the horror. Definitely see that in this movie. Number three, a hired gun who gets it in the end and kind of breaks our heart. That's what she says in this one. Uh, number four, an unkillable and soulless villain. You have that. Number five, ringing phones that scare the bejesus out of people, out of us. Jesus. Uh, which is definitely very funny and true here. The number six, the dummy hero who is somehow still alive at the end. Very true. That would be but, Billy. Yeah, that would be Billy. Billy is shown to be very definitively killed by a pack of pteranodons in the aviary in what I think is one of the best sequences in the franchise. That's that aviary scene. Uh -huh. and, it's, and it's the scene I always enjoy watching in this movie. So it begs the question, how in the hell did he get out of that aviary and make it to the beach yeah. before those guys did? Mm -hmm. I guess what I appreciate is this one doesn't try to sell us in some ridiculous notion about, uh, about getting the people back to the island or that they're making mutant dinosaurs or whatever. It's but it kind just... Of does. It, kind of, in the, it kind of does in that... In that Grant's motivation for going back is money, yeah. well, in, in contrast to Malcolm's motivation for going to Site B, which was to find Sarah and possibly rescue her. So in that sense, it already felt, felt like the reason for bringing mm -hmm. Grant back was already kind of repetitive and lackluster. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. But I don't know. It's just about people that are trying to find their son. That I can appreciate. And and I could I could appreciate that too. Yeah. If I liked the Kirby's, uh -huh. they're too annoying for you. You didn't find them annoying. I mean, granted, they're Willie a little Mace, bit I annoying. Willie Mitch Basie, I think, is better than uh, Taya Leone from a performance standpoint. Yeah. But Leone is also saddled with a lot of sh uh, a lot of shouting and a lot of screaming. Eric. <laughs> No, they're definitely, but I, I do think there's something to say about this in the spirit of uh, like a horror movie, like uh, they're talking about in this article that, uh, that, you know, that's sort of, that is sort of another trope of the sort of screaming female, but yeah, no, they're a little annoying and, but I don't know. I feel like you take a breath and there's another action scene and then you take a breath and then there's another action scene. It's 90 minutes, you're in and done and you have kind of a fun experience uh, I, I, I don't really, I don't know. Like, I feel like I, I mean, we're talking about the end, what I would do to make a good Jurassic Park movie. I don't know if you saw that, that I wrote last night, but, um, but I feel like that this is closer to what I would do, but it's not executed that well. I mean, the script isn't great. There are annoying moments. Yeah, there's things that don't make any sense. The, the special effects are definitely way weaker than in any of the other movies. The dinosaurs do not look nearly as good. 
as any of the other movies. Because when you look at when you look at the work they put into making the Spinosaurus animatronic, which was technically the biggest movie prop made by Sam Winston Studios, you think, yeah, it's amazing. But it, but it really doesn't look all that great on film. Mm-hmm. Certain close-ups do, but not all of it does. What do you There's, think about it's the... Only about the arms that move very mechanically? Yeah. Well, and, and, and they, they tried to do too many close-ups. So it, well, I mean, they had close-ups in the other movies, but I don't know, something it just looked really fake. Some the raptors, I will say, the raptors and the pteranodons look consistently good throughout, blending animatronic and CGI really well. Yeah. The same can't be said for, say, the T-Rex or the herbivores, especially the Brachiosaurus on the riverbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're talking about, like, uh, we're talking about uh, this is just like really silly. I hate the term "turn off your brain," and I don't use that. But um, but in this case, for me, I feel like this is just this is as close to getting sort of a B movie. Uh, I'm just a silly movie that's only 90 minutes and i think that helps it a lot like it just clips along you're in the next sequence and the next sequence and next sequence and you can kind of have a good time with it i feel like uh it's uh but i don't know i guess it depends on how much you're annoyed by taylor <laughs> it's kind of like um uh to me temple of doom is is really hard to watch because i think kate Copshaw is so irritating in that movie and uh I mean, yeah. I like to see, but I can definitely sympathize with that. Like, I like parts of it. It's, but it, man, she's she's tough for me to get through. She's really, really I think tough. He said it best. The worst part is the voice. I basically said in my little review, I said it's the most unabashed monster movie of the sequel. So it depends on what you're looking for. It's not good, but I wasn't bored watching it. it I mean, it's, on paper, Johnson yeah. is actually the right kind of director for this kind of movie. Yeah, He's agreed. With like the Rocketeer, Jumanji, October and October Sky, then yeah. he has a great filmography behind him and in front of him. Yeah, uh, so his characters make sense without a monster within a monster movie, and none of their choices frustrated me like Jurassic World. It oh, was the choices frustrated me in this movie. Really, it was people looking for their son and doing desperate things because of it. The effects right. are weak, and some of the characters get annoying, but at least it's only ninety minutes, and you get lots of dinosaurs. I can say that this probably would improve the film by a considerable margin. I would probably tolerate other annoying things about it. Mm-hmm. If this was Grant and Ellie's story to try and find mm-hmm. their son, they had gotten lost mm, on the island. Interesting. Yeah. I could agree and with you there. No Kirby's, just them trying to find their son and maybe repair their relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it. Uh, if you were expecting a good movie, this isn't a good movie. But to me, uh, it's the one that's not boring. So I guess I like it the best uh, out of these movies. So there you go. Um, all right. So now we talk about Jurassic World. So Jurassic World uh, was hyped up as this is going to be a, like a reboot of this franchise. This was going to be so exciting, and we're going to actually see what the park would look like. We have to take a huge leap in logic, in my opinion, that like after everything that happened in San Diego, that that somebody would actually like sponsor this park, and that it would get built, and that people would want to come. And uh, and but anyway, you believe, and that this thing is running, and there you go, and that's the best part of this movie, in my opinion, is seeing the park. It's really fun to see the park. Um, why don't we uh, Why don't we discuss dive right into your negatives and see if first? we can take any other okay. po- any yeah. other positives. Fair enough. Okay, my big I, I have a couple. My two biggest problems with this movie because I did not like this movie when it came out and I was definitely one of the only people. And now like, I feel like more people have come around to my side. Um, I can see why other people can just have fun with this movie, but things really annoyed me. Uh, Particularly the the two things I think that annoyed me the most about this movie is the first thing is the whole idea that people would get sick of dinosaurs is so ridiculous. I can't, deal with it uh that they would have the motivation to create this mutant dinosaur because 
uh, people still go to the zoo and people still like the zoo and it has lions and they haven't needed to be mutated. People still like, watch Shark Week every year since 1988 and sharks are still just sharks. And like, this is a place that's really hard to get to. You have to go all the way to Costa Rica on a boat. So it's not like, it's not like Disneyland where say, hey, you live near Disneyland and you might go there. Say if you went there five times a year, then maybe, yeah, you're going to get tired of Pirates of the Caribbean. I get it. But like, you're not going to get tired of a T-Rex that you can only maybe see once in your life you know and so the whole notion plus the fact that the park is bustling and jam-packed with people who seem to be having a great time so the idea that they would have the motivation to make this mutant dinosaur to me is so ridiculous and it's just like a cheap attempt by the filmmakers to to like to play on uh that it, like to have a message but it's a it's a fake message of like oh look we're so we're so commercial. We're so, uh, we, we, we get our society, we get tired of things and uh, we have such a short attention span. And it's like, no, we don't. Like you can, like you can make an argument that that is true, that we have a short attention span, but like, but like your example is wrong. And so your point is invalid. I, I just, I just can't by that they would make this mutant dinosaur. It's just too stupid. You are 100% right that people are not sick of dinosaurs. And we see that very much in the, in the park. We see a, a, a wall of kids around this ex exhibition stand for the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. And of course the park is bustling. And the only people who are really pushing for this new hy hybrid dinosaur gimmick are either A, people, people from from marketing or from or, or from uh, uh, non-affiliated businesses who really want to pu push this idea, or they're sh shady military types who who are basically doing this to te test out some kind of monstrosity. I agree that the uh, the uh, sort of metatextual angle doesn't really work, mm -hmm. but yeah, but the angle that's works for me and the angle that I've been the angle that I subscribed to since I first saw the film in 2015 was that of hubris that's these that that the, these people of this company the Maserani corporation had basically conquered the extinction and had successfully controlled this island and its dinosaurs for 10 years only to push themselves that much further it into into the unknown, into the dangers of gene genetic tampering, and created this monster, which would, have, which would inevitably go, go and bite it and bite them in the collective backside. Mm -hmm. So they were doing it more because, in your opinion, because they could do it rather than as a commercial, because like people were tired of dinosaurs. Yes, I think it was because they could and because they thought they could cre create this creature as basically an, basically a glorified attack dog. The problem is, is literally Claire says when she's uh, first introducing the dinosaur, she literally says, people are tired of dinosaurs. And it's like... It's and she says that to who else? Corporate sponsors. And that's exactly what, what, what they're expected to hear. I mean, but it doesn't make sense. Like these corporate sponsors should be like, what the park is doing perfectly well. Like I, 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 I uh, <laughs> just struggle. I struggle. That's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. My other huge problem with this movie is I hate Claire as a character. I, I think she's the worst. She is so, uh, she's just this classic, uh, this classic, ice woman who like honestly if you were in costa rica away from you know your family away from everything else on an island and your uh your family came to visit you do you honestly think that you, like i don't know anybody that's so heartless that they're just like well families come here i'll pass them off to the assistant it's ridiculous and like especially if you knew that like 
they were going through a div like divorce and these kids were in this you know place like you would definitely like and i'm just i hate that character in movies this sort of like just because you're a single working woman that you're somehow like an ice queen and there's like cold and heartless and like the whole idea that she wouldn't immediately evacuate the island is so ridiculous she's supposed to be this smart businesswoman you have a tyrannosaurus rex running loose on an island with people and like it's absolutely absurd to me that when the pterodactyls come that people are still like walking around hanging out in the main square that's absurd like people should at the very least be told to go inside immediately as soon as that t-rex is out at the very least go inside a building like it's so absurd and i just i and like i don't know just scenes like when she's like uh she's like rolling up her uh her sleeves and she's like uh, and and tying her shirt or whatever and 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 he's like what uh what you doing she's like i'm getting getting down to business or whatever and i'm like oh my god she said that yeah there so, you go yeah and i don't know i just hate her you. character i think she's terrible i like bryce dallas howard as an actress i don't think she has any chemistry with chris pratt at all I, and the way I don't know, she just goes on and on about like the assets, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. All of that, and why? Okay, what one question, and not to put too fine a point on this. Yeah. Would you say that Claire, at least everything she stood for in those introductory scenes, is sort of kind of offensive to you on a personal level? I'm not I trying do, to. I know. Well, no, I just, I just hate that whole cliche of the ice queen. Uh, working woman that like we just see it in so many movies where uh, a lot of times it's in a room in romantic comedies that you know it's like something like the proposal with Sandra Bullock I know you've seen that movie where it's like or even Devil Wears Prada you know sort of this idea of this of this woman is successful in business therefore she's a jerk and, and I hate that I, and and I feel like you totally get that here like she she's I don't know. And that frustrates me very much. I try to kind of make it that, oh, well, she does care towards the end, but like, I don't know. It's just, I just think her character's very poorly written. I don't expect this to really change your mind, but I do think that's the real kicker, the real story, story elements that starts to ch change Claire considerably is the dying Apatosaurus scene. Mm -hmm. And that's, not only is that pretty much be honest the only example of a practical effect in the jurassic world movie but mm -hmm. it's also the it's also when claire realizes just how much she's allowed this to get out of hand and to get get screwed up mm -hmm. and yeah for what it's worth i think bryce's acting in that scene is spot on mm -hmm. she's a good actress and she's better than this movie deserves that i have a problem with so i think that the kids are terrible in this movie i think that that like the the brother like basically mocking his brother for crying about the fact that the his their parents are getting a divorce like what like that he's yeah like what come on and uh that just seemed extremely cold and great dislikable i did find zach the other brother not very likable at all yeah he's the worst for this movie doesn't take time to like stop and let the characters really breathe and a lot of the moments that you have that are supposed to be like that end up just feeling kind of frustrating uh i mean like here's here's an example so in the original jurassic park you have this scene where after all this chaos where the two kids are sleeping with dr grant and then this brachiosaurus comes and they have this moment where the Brachiosaurus sneezes on Lexi. And it's like this soft, quiet moment. In this movie, you really don't have anything like that. First of all, because the, uh, the herbivores are all slaughtered. Like, what? Like, that wasn't a good decision. So there's no, like, chance for anything to be, like, to have sort of the majesty and awe. Aside from the, the only sense of majesty and awe in this movie is the actual park itself. Like, you get a sense of awe of, like, Wow, seeing that is like really cool. 
can we at least agree that the militarized dinosaurs is stupid? Will you go with yes. me there? And and it is yes. And guess who also agrees with you? Uh, Chris Pratt. Okay, good. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, his fact, character. In an earlier draft of the film, uh, Pratt's character was actually on board with the military program. Oh my gosh! Like this is so like. We don't yeah, have lions crazy. in battle for a reason. Like, I mean, this is just such a stupid idea and I can't, like poor Vincent D'Onofrio, who's a good actor, like having to sell this is so ridiculous. I don't know. He's, I think he was having a lot more fun than he was letting on. <laughs> yeah, right. He does a good job. Uh, <laughs> um, and of course, then you get like really ridiculous scenes like you have the classic running in high heels mm. her being faster than a t-rex it's just ridiculous like well the t-rex wasn't running it was more like just stomping just, just casually out for, out for a jaunt I just, well it, it was following the flare it wasn't it, it, it literally could have eaten her in one fell swoop yeah. and it wasn't a case of running from the t-rex or be eaten it was run as fast as you can to draw the t-rex towards the other creature uh-huh. at least that's how i see it yeah it just looks ridiculous to me I to me it was a the film's core idea was about the, the relationship between hum, humans and dinosaurs and that that is typified in the relationship between owen grady and blue the velociraptor and mm, and it shows a contrast between what owen did with the raptors versus what um ingen did with the indominus rex and how that those two creatures were created, they were raised, and became very different. See, I can see that as the message, but I don't think that... Uh, I, I, I thought they were trying to make a message of, like, consumerism, and how, like... And, and, and I guess they I, tried I, to reject that particular message out of hand, because, because ultimately, I do agree with you, it doesn't work on its own grounds, yeah. on its own merits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because what they're saying that people are rejecting is false. Like people don't, people would not reject dinosaurs. That's ridiculous. And uh, so, <laughs> I think they would probably have a point if the movie uh, was a financial bomb like Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case. Right. And no, three years on, massive. and three years on into the present with Fallen yeah. Kingdom. Yeah, let's talk about that. So this just came out. Spoiler alert! Uh, so if you haven't seen it, then don't watch this. Uh, this listen to this. But uh, so this movie just came out, and you can listen to some of my thoughts if you want um, on this channel. Uh, but uh, so yeah, in this movie, the whole premise is that is that Claire has. Uh, kind of softened up, become kind of an advocate for these dinosaurs, and the the, the conflict that they're trying to to say in this movie is that are things that we have created are they should we have to preserve them? Like so, that's sort of what they're trying to say. And there's all of a sudden this volcano on this island, and this is Isla Nublar, uh, and. Uh, so there's two there's two islands in the Jurassic Park canon, correct? Correct. Yeah, and uh, so they want to go to Isla Nublar and save these dinosaurs from this volcano, and uh, and so and she gets actually recruited by this guy uh, Lockwood to go and to and to get Chris Pratt's get Owen. Uh, and so that they can find these dinosaurs and that he, they can save them. Because she, being uh, with her experience, she knows the, all the security codes and the other stuff like that. So uh, what did you think about this, this idea, at least, of sort of preserving the dinosaurs and uh, going to from this volcano kind of thing? While there is, certainly, while there is certainly an, an issue with, with the idea of the moving the dinosaurs from one location to another do you move mm-hmm. and why isla sauna even though it's mentioned it isn't brought up as the actual intended destination mm-hmm. i i was the reason why i was on board with it is because the dinosaurs are 
exactly that. They're animals. They might be man-made. They might be artificial. Mm -hmm. And the argument can certainly be made that they don't, that their time on this earth had long since passed. But, mm -hmm. uh, but, but the idea of taking responsibility for them, at least, it felt resonant. It felt, if, if nothing else, it felt consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I've realized we didn't even talk about the talking. Uh, I just, sorry, I just realized we didn't even talk about the talking uh, raptor in Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's, I almost didn't want to. <laughs> but, uh, but no, so yes. Uh, and you have Jeff Goldblum, you have Ian, Mac Ian Malcolm at the very beginning, basically talking about how we have to let nature kind of correct itself uh, and, uh, and be like this volcano is basically in his mind is nature's way of getting rid of what they had already once destroyed. It's like correcting what we had, we had done. And uh, so that's, you know, and, and that's basically like telling you at the beginning of the movie that like these people should listen to, we all know that people should listen to Ian Malcolm. Like he's definitely right in all of these movies. Yeah. And so it's sort of their way of being like the, these people, what these people are going to be doing is stupid, but I bought it that they would at least do it. I bought that Claire would do this and I bought that Owen would join in and that they would go. And uh, I thought that, I thought that the opening sequence for this movie was really strong and really fun. And it's true. They did show almost all of it in the trailers. That's the trailers, a valid point. Really, the trailers really, I think, did more harm than good in the long run. Yeah. Uh, the trailers were terrible in my opinion but uh but if you can kind of separate that and just look at it for what it is this is j j a bayona as a director i thought that first part was pretty fun uh it was pretty engaging uh you had some nice moments with owen and blue well i can paraphrase some of the things i said in my initial tweets after coming out of the cinema i said it was suspenseful emotional thrilling and visually resplendent now that may yeah. come across as some a bit jarring to some people because I soon after seeing the film and reading the reviews, I did notice that people were finding that the humor element really didn't didn't click at all. Uh -huh. but, but I admit I laughed a few times. Yeah. And in terms of the in terms of the emotional content, like you said, the the scenes between Owen and Blue were, were really strong in my view. Uh -huh. And I and. Uh, and spoiler alert, there is a particular scene involving a Brachiosaurus, just as yeah. Yeah, just as the ship pulls away from the island and the, and the dinosaur being consumed by the lava and the volcanic flow before rearing up and bellowing one last time. I got checked up. I was like, mm -hmm. that was the first dinosaur to greet us on island Nublar, mm -hmm. and now it's gone. It's extinct. Was that too exploitative, though? Was it too... An argument uh, can be made for that. Mm -hmm. I didn't bother. I wasn't bothered by it, but then I heard other people saying, oh, that that was uh, exploitative, that that was, they didn't like it. So it's an interesting thing. It didn't bother me personally. But, uh, I mean, Bayona has been criticized for being called exploitative, exploitative before in his other films, like oh, interesting. Monster Calls. Oh yeah, yeah. I can see that. So, all right. So they they get the uh, the dinosaurs, and then they figure out that oh, these people aren't really here to help the dinosaurs. That they are basically, basically Lockwood's assistant, uh, Eli Mills, played by Rafe Spall, has duped Lockwood and Owen and Claire, mm -hmm. and the whole mission is a sham. What do you think of the two? I guess uh, my friend calls them the millennials. <laughs> in this movie that the 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 what do you think of yeah. them the, the uh, so yeah, veterinarian and then the other guy i i didn't i didn't like franklin a lot to be honest and i can see why everyone fe feels that way about him yeah but i did but i actually liked zia i thought she was kind of a badass uh-huh yeah it wasn't i think nice if it was but... if it was just her and and if if it was just her i would I can probably see that's working better because mm -hmm. Franklin's yeah. only there for only there to boot up the island systems and much much later on knock Dr. Henry Wu out. Yeah, 
Yeah, agreed. Uh, and you do have this sequence with them trying to get blood from the T-Rex, which was entertaining. It was ridiculous, but it was entertaining. So that, cause they're going to like perform surgery on Raptor and you're like, okay, that was fine. Uh, but, um, uh, but I thought it was tense and humorous in a very weird yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and but anyway, so then we get to this middle part of the movie, which is where it didn't work for me. This movie, um, you have uh, they're basically there's all of this time spent with the dinosaurs that are in these cages, with them being basically sedated. And so for me, this middle section got pretty boring and like the characters are not strong enough to the human characters to sustain that middle portion for me they're they're just not interesting enough they're not saying interesting enough things the villain is definitely not interesting enough you have toby jones coming in he is not interesting like to me that middle part is what the weakness of the movie for me Mm. i have heard that critique and honestly I i can sort of see that but for me it was you know, it was very, really jarring and kind of upsetting in a way to see these dinosaurs being sold off in auctions to all of the worst possible people. Mm-hmm. I, I saw this with a group of uh, fellow Jurassic Park fans and one of them said, it was rough watching it happen. Mm-hmm. This was probably the most, uh, the most mustache twirling villain of all of the movies. This guy. You mean, you mean Rafe Spall? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the 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 son of the 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 one who's the father of the Maisie character. Um, uh, and I don't I don't think he's I, I don't think he's related to Lockwood. Oh, he's not. Oh, he thought he was the son. Okay. For, unfortunately, this can be said for Lockwood. He is not the evil brother of John Hammond. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. He was a pretty mustache twirling villain. I felt. Yeah, I can I can I can see that. But when I. But he also reminds me in a lot of ways of the villain from the two Crichton novels, Lewis Dodson. Mm-hmm. In fact, in terms of p- characterization, he is almost dead accurate, right mm-hmm. down to murder. Oh, interesting. Where it picked up again for me was once the dinosaurs are on the loose in the house, I thought that Jay Bonnet did a good job like just framing a lot of those scenes creating kind of a horror aesthetic that was exciting and tense. And I thought there were some cool shots. Like there's one scene where you see just the, the, the shadow of the, of the, uh, of the dinosaur. And I thought that looked really cool. And, and uh, I, you know, they, they did show almost all of this in the trailer as well. Uh, I, I still don't think that the scene with the rat, with this Indoraptor and the, the girl in uh, the bed, like creeping around. I still don't, I don't like that scene. I think it's just too stupid for my taste. Do you think, what is it, do you think it's just too derivative of say alien, for example? Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't believe that this animal would behave that way. Uh, and he hasn't behaved that way. The whole rest of the movie, the whole rest the of the whole- movie, he's not like creeping around. Like uh, the whole rest of the movie, he's way more like, of a predator i don't know to me that didn't make sense and but for the most part i really liked this whole sequence where they're like change you know the whole sequence in the house i thought once it started getting to some of those horror tropes i thought it was fun i enjoyed it i thought it was really fun too and i'm mixed on the interactor mm-hmm. bayona manages to frame frame him in it with in the gothic mansion setting amazingly uh-huh with, with the rain and the, uh, and the moon and the int- use of l- light and darkness, I really dug it. Mm-hmm. I think he is a great design and c- can be genuinely creepy. Like when he makes the distorted raptor barking call while chasing the, the, chasing the main characters in the museum. That was cool. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, th- but on the other hand, I don't. There's something about him that doesn't feel as compelling as the Indominus because with the the Indominus Rex was built up consistently throughout the first 40 minutes before its release and mm-hmm. you you understood why it was the way it was and what what it's what was making it tick basically mm-hmm. and it believed basically it behaved basically like like a mad predator on the loose mm-hmm. with the indoraptor it it almost felt like the dinosaur boogeyman if that makes sense yeah that's true 
get to the ending ending. So I like when I say I liked the beginning and I liked the ending, I'm not talking about the true ending ending. So we they end up getting this hydro uh get hydrogen gas that's like that's fuming into the dinosaur chamber and we find out that this little girl is a clone which i think was really stupid i never thought it was stupid i thought and just take this as my initial thoughts after Uh coming out to see it i thought it was a logical continuation that you've successfully cloned extinct animals so cloning a human being it isn't that much of a stretch. Oh, I you're getting into cloning. It's just getting to I don't know. It's just it's a little... I think what's the implications are also very unsettling when you realize that Hammond found out about this before he died in in the nineties, and Maisie the, is we're guessing at around ten years old. Mm-hmm. So Lockwood has been trying to clone his real daughter for a long time and probably not successfully. Up until recently so they're like other so uh, there may have been there may have been um unsuccessful versions yeah do you think they're still out there i mean it's just getting so ridiculous <laughs> it's, fine. But, it's, not, it's less ridiculous and more creepy from my personal standpoint uh-huh. and i don't think they're out there necessarily but it but 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 there must have been mm-hmm. a ver- a version of her that was created before beforehand yeah it's enough to just have this story about people going back to the island saving the dinosaurs are we going to save the dinosaurs like it's enough story there without adding clone clone girl but anyway i can see your point i guess about it but uh but then we get to so they have the chance to kill all these dinosaurs and but obviously we wouldn't have a third movie and uh so they 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 are they going to press the button and save the dinosaurs or are they going to uh are they going to kill them and save human lives uh and they the claire doesn't press the button but then the little girl presses the button and says they uh that i'm alive so they need to be alive and it's like so i think she said they are alive like me yeah 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 and i'm just like oh shoot because i think this next one it's going to be rough uh, because the strength of this one was not the script. Like the strength of it was Jay Bonas direction, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and the next one is going not only be written by Colin Trevor, but it's going to be directed by him. And we've got dinosaurs on the loose in America and uh, in this clone girl, I'm just like, Oh no, it's going to be terrible. But, uh, but like, you know, I mean, I understand she's a little girl, but like, I feel like even a little girl who's literally just been terrorized by these, by these dinosaurs for like the whole day, the whole movie, uh, that even she should understand that like, these are going to kill thousands of people. I think, well, if you didn't know that there was going to be a, a third movie or a sixth movie, and if you had no idea, would you have... Mm-hmm prefers that they didn't press the button and let the dinosaurs be gassed to death i mean it's 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 brutal but i think it is the right thing to do i mean you you have to rather than like that there's those dinosaurs are going to kill potentially hundreds of thousands of people i don't know about hundreds of thousands because animal attacks in proportion to respective populations are not that big but of course, these big dinosaurs being much bigger than animals, it would be, it would be higher. But I don't think it would be, I don't think it would be population threatening. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see this as a, a planet of the apes situation, per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I am. But in terms of the next one, I am. I, like, am. I think they could have sold it as this really like painful, emotional sequence where they have to watch these animals and uh, and then they could have kind of they're gonna that this is like the harsh lesson of getting involved with genetic uh genetics and and it could have been emotional and they could have i think it could have worked i think you could have done it where it would have um yeah i don't think you needed to have them be released in order for it to be a satisfying movie with the concept of dinosaurs going open source and 
be, being transported to other countries and roaming the, the American wilds, I feel like that could be an interesting uh, set up for a film. But at the same time, I think, on the other hand, Trevorrow's stock has fallen considerably since 2015. And I think if you want to get people back on board, well, you're going to need Steven Spielberg to direct. Yeah, I agree with you. So let us know what you guys think. And, uh, and thanks for talking Jurassic Park with me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And thank you for letting me indulge my affection for the ones you don't like. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. See, internet, you can uh, disagree without being disagreeable and you can talk about things. It's fun. And uh, so there you go. We talked about it. Let us know what you think. And um, how can people, uh, how can people find you online? Uh, people can find me at, on Twitter at Albion underscore 93. Great. Uh, you can also find me on DeviantArt at, at Albion93. Great. And me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. And follow me at SmilingLDS Girl on social media. Love to hear your thoughts. And um, thanks again. And we will uh, we'll have to talk again soon. Bye. Bye.